0: So this is when depression happens. So it happens in the mind. It happens because your mind is unhappy with the course of action that you're currently taking. And then obviously the body follows.
1: Welcome to the Leaders of B2B podcast, a weekly show where we bring you interviews and in the weeds expertise with today's B2B experts and thought leaders. You can see more about today's episode and guest by visiting our website at leadersofb2b.com. Com. This episode is brought to you by Content Allies. We help B2B companies launch revenue-generating podcasts. We schedule interviews between you and your ideal prospects and strategic partners. You show up for engaging conversations. We handle everything else. Ready to build a podcast that grows your business in just one hour per week? Reach out to us at contentallies.com.
2: Hey leaders, welcome back. This is Ledge. I'm really excited to welcome J. H. Tepley to the show today. J. is an author, entrepreneur, international speaker, and spiritual mentor. She describes herself as a lifelong geek and a research aficionado, and she offers world-class spiritual training for male entrepreneurs to help them create dream meaningful reality turbocharge their success and leave an epic legacy that's in alignment with their soul's path. And of course, today I'm going to ask all kinds of things about that. Her new era superhero program has shown many men the road to personal power, fulfillment, and my favorite, increased revenue along the way. And she spent the last 20 years working in this space. So, Jay, I want to talk to you all about your work. You write books. You do lightsaber training, which I think is super amazing because we have all kinds of Star Wars nerds around here. So why don't you just maybe tell me a little bit of this, this story? I mean, you, you cover all kinds of media. You do all kinds of things. And then spiritual coaching, which I think is, is super interesting. So just give me a little bit about it.
0: Sure. So uh, this is something I've been doing for the past 20 years, just over, and I'm really passionate about it because I think right now in our changing times, this is the best kind of investment that you can possibly think of in yourself because in the economy where everything gets divided really quickly, including money, including assets, you are your main asset so if you invest in yourself if you make yourself as valuable and as bulletproof as you possibly can then no matter what happens you could have the upper hand and especially for men I think it's super important today
2: so i'm I'm a male entrepreneur so you know what's what's special about male entrepreneurs in fact you read that there's there's too many of us and there's not enough opportunity for everybody else you know and uh And yet I know, you know, and I read prolifically about, you know, CEO loneliness and, uh, you know, all types of sort of existential stuff that that happens in that role. What is it that's different about males that you like to work with?
0: I think in our society, there is not enough support for men and for male entrepreneurs in particular. There are all sorts of women support groups, trainings, um, you name it. And there is not much done, in my opinion, to support men on their journey. Um, I'll explain what I mean. So with um, females in general, they have a much stronger intuition factor in them. And so it works to their advantage, especially where uh, there are no certain rules, So right now, everything is changing so quickly. And obviously, it's a lot easier for someone who can navigate intuitively to find the right steps. Whereas uh, the way the male mind works in general is that men need an action plan, a defined set of steps, something that they could follow, a blueprint of sorts. And because in uh, ancient societies, that was given to men. And I think that was part uh, partially why ancient societies thrived in many respects compared to our society today is because there was a rite of passage that helped young boys become men. And for a male mind, it's super important to know where is that threshold? When do I stop being a child and start being a man? And because that was taken away, it has resulted, sadly, in many, as you probably know, there was a term man-child Someone who, yeah, someone who has a grown up body, but their mind is still stuck in that juvenile stage. And I'm not talking about it in a a derogative kind of way, because I think many of those guys would absolutely love the opportunity to level up. It's just in our society, there is not enough done to help them out. And because of that, many of those men, young men, suffer from depression because depression hits. Uh, in many cases, when you don't see the right way forward, you feel that you are stuck in a reality that just doesn't feel right. And it's suffocating. And I don't know if you've seen uh, the statistics, but male depression and male suicides are double that of
2: female. Okay, interesting. So, and I've watched some of your videos, and you're going to talk about the interesting relationship of depression to, you know, illness. And I thought that was particularly, that was, it was relevant to me. You know, I understood what you were saying. I'd love if you would repeat a little bit about, about that.
0: All right. Yeah. Well, there is a common paradigm that many people believe in, uh, namely that depression is some sort of a chemical disbalance in your body, like a physical illness of sorts. And sometimes you have to just accept it and live with it. So it can be a chronic physical illness. And I don't want to upset anyone's feelings and beliefs here. But in my experience and in my observation, the chemical disbalance follows the mental disbalance. And so when something starts going wrong in the mind, it then starts going wrong in the body and the the mental state always precedes the physical state. And actually, even with um, modern established science, they have proven time after time that whatever happens in the mind affects the body. And so the majority, if not all, our illnesses are psychosomatic. So that means that we can organize our mind in a way that it would keep us healthy. And that includes depression. And as I just explained, with men specifically, I've noticed that depression strikes when that person feels that they're not where they should be in their life. So they're living their life, perhaps according to someone else's expectations, perhaps following someone else's blueprint, but not their own. And because, you know, your, your inner core, your soul, whatever you want to call it, knows that your time here is limited. It wants to express itself. It wants to become the fullest expression of you, not a copy of someone else. And so when subconsciously you feel that you're wasting your time, you're being a copy of someone else, you're not living your life on your terms. So this is when depression happens. So it happens in the mind. It happens because your mind is unhappy with the course of action that you're currently taking. And then obviously the body follows. So it's not something that you're stuck with. It's not something chronic. You can get out of it if you just start working on your mind. And this is part of the reason why I'm so passionate about my work, because it gives guys a clear blueprint of what is not working, what are, I call them the errors of the mind, like in the computer, you know, if you know how to read those error codes, then you know how to fix them. So I give them a clear step-by-step blueprint of what to do, how to get there, and yeah, I've seen many people's lives uh, actually being saved through that process and changed.
2: Right, and as a person who who thinks about maybe not as much as I should, you know, garbage in, garbage out, nutrition, proper proper physical activity, you know, things of that nature. I do find the feedback loop from body to mind is also you know relevant. There, do you? Do you experience that as a as a, a loop or almost you know like sort of you can get on at any point and and give that that feedback or or do you do you think about it primarily as as mind in, into body the way you described it?
0: Well, of course they uh, feed into each other and of course they are one unit that interacts on all levels. But at the end of the day, the mind leads and the body follows because I think you can think of loads of people who were really healthy physically in terms of they exercised, uh, they ate right, Uh, they were doing all the healthy stuff, severely depressed, nonetheless. And yeah, and I read some statistics of people who, like you could never tell from the way they looked or the way they behaved that they were depressed up until they chose to take their lives. So it's true that the body... Obviously, contributes to the equation, but at the end of the day, your mind is king.
2: Right, right. Yeah, sort of that. that's where that's where everything lives, so to speak. That's that's home. So maybe you know, for people that want a more, uh, we have a very tactical audience. You know, it's like, what exactly would this be if if I were to do it? Maybe some some takeaways or, you know, what, is, what does that blueprint look like when I, you know, sort of put pen to paper metaphorically?
0: Sure. Well, it's uh, pretty straightforward. It does include work, uh, but it's simple in a structure and it consists of two parts. So the first part is about rehab. And the reason for that is because for a person being stuck in the rut uh, in a life that doesn't suit them in a life that is traumatic and depressing, it actually traumatizes the mind. And so if you want to reclaim your strength as a man, if you want to influence the world greatly, if you want to help propel your business forward, you can't just do it from the point where you are at with those mental wounds. And this is where many people get it wrong because they promise results straight away without explaining that, yes, you can get those, but you first need to undo the damage that you had exposed yourself to over the years. So you can see it as training for strength. So for example, someone says, oh, I want to be an Olympic athlete, or I just want to be really strong and um, win competitions. And you but You want that,
2: to sit on the couch and eat chips.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, if that doesn't happen, then they have to um, revisit their priorities. But let's say someone is ready and willing, and they come to you, and you see that they have lots of injuries. So you can't really say, okay, so just do these push up sit-ups, and leave those ways, because you see it's not going to go well. They have to address the injuries first. And with mental training, it's very similar. So we first see where uh, the mind is not working, where are the trauma areas, and release those and fix those. And then from that point, part two is about stepping into your personal power as a human being, because we are not mentioning, uh, we are not functioning the way we are meant to. And this is the problem that most people struggle with, and this is why most people find their lives unsatisfying. You know, you can ask top-level CEOs, entrepreneurs, billionaires, and they will say, I actually feel like there is something important missing in my life, and I can't put my finger on it, and it drives me nuts. So, many people live, (laughs) you know, someone described the state of quiet desperation. And the reason for that is because the physical reality, although it's great, can only offer you so much. We are both physical and spiritual beings. So not in a fluffy new agey way, I stay well clear of those, but we just have to admit the facts. We may like them or dislike them, but it is what it is. So we have the physical body, but we also have this energy, spiritual aspect to us. And if we don't address it in the right way, we will always feel like we are living below our potential, like there is something missing. And living your purpose actually implies that you tap into that potential and you integrate it. Because in really simple terms, the way we're supposed to function is both the physical and the spiritual beings. So now... Um, in any way, like super physical or super spiritual, but both at the same time. It's like having your right hand and your left hand and using them both without thinking, Oh, you know, I shouldn't believe in my, in my right hand or in my left hand because everyone just uses one. You know what I mean? So we are given both. We're supposed to be using both. And many people go through what is called the dark night of the soul. When you achieve a certain level of spiritual stability um physical i mean material stability, where you have enough money in your bank, uh you bought enough assets, you have your cars, you have your villas, you have everything that society told you you should have to be happy and fulfilled, and suddenly you realize that it doesn't actually quite cut it anything. That's what they do now, because I still feel that emptiness inside. So I help people who come to that point and they've achieved on the material plane. And so they've proven to the world and themselves that they are achievers, that they can focus, that they have the discipline to create results. But they have come to the point where they think, OK, what's next? What do they do now? So this is where my training can really help.
2: Right, right. Now, I have to ask you, like, what you're describing feels a lot like almost, you know, I I would hear people say, you know, the, the missing piece, right? Like, that's the human condition. And the experience of a lot of successful women would be very similar. I mean, I've had those conversations myself, for sure. So you feel like that missing piece just because of sort of the epigenetics, I guess, of society and, and history, you know, is, is just more pronounced for, for the male entrepreneur? Well,
0: there is something that very, very few people know about. So apart from physically, men and women, there is something as uh, the feminine and the masculine principle, you know, as principles in the universe. And they have a very different dynamic. So our society is now in a lot of pain, partially because we don't follow that natural universal principles. And they're just like forces in the universe. So they're neither good nor bad. They just exist. You know, like gravity, like electromagnetic and electric forces. So the... Feminine and the masculine principle. The dynamic is that the masculine principle creates. It creates something new. And the feminine principle takes what is created and makes it better, beautifies it, nurtures it. And right now in our society, there is a lot of, well propaganda going on to try and brainwash people into not following their natural principle. And if someone does that, it unfortunately results in them not living up to their true potential because your true power as a person, male or female, lies in being aligned with your natural polarity as a life dynamic. And so to explain it in very easy terms... Think of it as creating children. So the male body produces, obviously, seven. And then the feminine body takes that what it's given and creates a human being out of it. Okay? So not by itself, but because it was given that initial impulse. And so in the universe, in society, in business, it's likewise. So the role of man is to go first and to create and for women to support what is created and restructure it and beautify it in some way. So if someone follows that natural dynamic, they will thrive. Again, male or female, it's just the dynamic is different. And so right now our society really forces men from what I've noticed to step away from their natural polarity and follow the feminine polarity that actually brings them down. And the feminine polarity is everything that tells you that you should uh, go with the flow, accept what is, surrender to what is. And if you've done any kind of self development, you've probably heard lots of that. So that is going with the flow, surrendering is the feminine polarity. The male polarity is to move forward, to create, to explore. And Right now, I haven't really heard anyone else talking about it. And this is why we have so many really lost men, I would say, especially young men who didn't have an example of how to really step into into their personal power. And it hurts. And that what brings them down. And you know what? You're never separate from your business. So business is an extension of you. So if you're not in a good place, your business is not in a good place because you can't serve your customers. You can't talk to your team in a, from the empowered true perspective of that true you of a leader. You know what I mean? And so uh, this is why I do what I do. I haven't seen many people doing this kind of work. And I think in our day of age, men really need empowerment and a clear blueprint of how to get into their true power, how to serve the world greatly, how to leave that epic legacy coming from that point of inner stability, inner power and inner strength. And so this is why... I do what I do, and this is why I focus on men because I think women are really well catered for already
2: mm-hmm. which would be completely the opposite of what you would often sort of hear and and read, and you know that we've uh, made dramatic efforts to to think about diversity and inclusion and sort of, sort of all these things is it is the is the undercurrent of you know that the you know sort of the male being left behind because you do read some of that stuff in the in the kind of popular press as well um, how does it how does it fit into the whole Zeke guys like do you do you not want to look at those sort of popular i don't know um, not existential but popular tropes maybe you know is it is it Is it running contrarian to that
0: Well, because of my trading, I am personally resistant to any kind of propaganda. And I teach my students to be likewise, because if you want to stay sane, you have to be able to think for yourself and make your own decisions. And about the propaganda, I can say that the easiest thing and the easiest way to keep people subdued is to shame them and guilt trip them. Because if you frighten someone to keep them obedient, they can rebel. But if you shame someone and make them feel unworthy, they would not. And so guilt, over the course of whole human history, guilt is the most powerful tool of mental control. And yes, there are certain forces that like to use that. And it's good to be aware of that. And it's good to stay well clear of that.
2: Sure. Yeah. Well, I... I... I've read enough psychology books in selling and business to know that uh, you know there are certain triggers of influence and persuasion and all the, the things that you know. I, I think I like to think of it as you you know you can use it for good or for evil, and you know just know the power that's in your hand with that type of interaction, because there are good ways to use that leverage, and there are kind of shady ways to do it. And I think it's all upon us as leaders in business to kind of not use the shady ways to do it. And generally I would say you probably would get called a bad leader if you were <laughs> perceived to to do it that way. Absolutely.
0: Uh, absolutely. And I would just add quickly that as a leader, you have a double or a triple responsibility to think for yourself because If you're a leader, you're not just responsible uh, for you personally, but you're responsible for your team, for your community, for people who follow your example. And so if you allow yourself to drift with some brainwashed ideas, then other people who are on the fence, who don't know what to think, may follow that to their own detriment. So for a leader, nourishing his community is one of the most important duties. And I think your personal responsibility increases a lot. There is a lot of power and a lot of, obviously, enjoyment in being a leader and leading others, but being a person who can see better than others and further than others is what is absolutely needed to fulfill that role. So then later on, you have no regrets.
2: When you talk about making your own decisions, sort of like, you know, sort of unencumbered, right? Uh, And I wonder how does that play into we're often advised as executives to, you know, surround ourselves with contrarians, surround ourselves with people who have different viewpoints who will push back against us, provide other feedback and do it as a group you know, or at least be aware of all the things I like to think of it as, you know, I need to have all the information to make a great decision. It might ultimately be my executive mandate to make the decision, but I ought to be informed. How does all that fit together?
0: All right. Uh, As many of those things, uh, yes and no, because nothing um, in those kind of ideas that, Society is feeding to us right now. If something was absolutely completely false, nobody would follow that. So there must be a grain of truth, but it's often distorted. And answering your question is that yes, absolutely, you should listen to many people's opinions and you should explore other viewpoints, but you have to make sure that the people you listen to are on the certain on a certain level of development that allows them to make informed decisions and allows them to process the information that they receive correctly so the easiest way to illustrate that imagine if let's say you are an executive running your own business And someone said, oh, but you have to have lots of different viewpoints. So you're like, okay. So you hired a bunch of kids from the kindergarten to hear their viewpoints. You hired uh, a person with um, some mental illness, perhaps dementia, to hear their viewpoints. You hired someone who don't even speak English to hear their viewpoints because they're completely different to you. So... (laughs) Your, uh, your criteria should not be that they are different from you per se, but looking for people on the same level of development, education, understanding. And I'm not talking about formal education, by the way. So it's not about just having graduates. I'm talking about a state of mind where someone is developed enough or an adult enough to process information, to make decisions, to draw conclusions properly, and then yes, that person would be really valuable to you.
2: Yeah, it, it makes me think of experience, wisdom, discernment. Heuristics is another word people use for that. And and I think one of the if I could draw a straight line through almost every executive guest that I've talked to, it's about hiring great people and making a great team, which gets you to the question of how do I even make sure that the people I'm surrounding myself with have that discernment and those sets of heuristics that are are worth listening to. I, I would guess that comes up a lot. Probably there you have talked to a lot of unhappy male executives who feel alone because they can't find people to hand the reins to.
0: Yes, Uh, this actually comes from a lack of mindfulness. So there is another reason why you should invest in your spiritual development is because it allows you to develop your discernment and mindfulness. So in in a really simple layman terms, I would say look for people whose values are aligned with yours. So their viewpoints may be different, their experiences may be different, but if they have the same kind of values, so for example, if your main value is loyalty, don't hire shady people. So that's pretty obvious, right? But many people actually don't look closely at who they choose to work with. And so instead, they just hire whoever comes along and sounds good. And Here is another uh, trap for many executives because anyone can learn, pretty much anyone, can learn certain words, certain phrases, answers to certain questions and sound good. But it doesn't mean that they are the right people for the job. So instead of asking them where you're going to be in five years and all of that, ask them what are the main values in their lives What do they follow as their main priorities? And from that, you will actually learn a lot more about those people. Because if someone's main priority is to get the job done, you will know that their work ethic is probably really good. And their discipline is probably really good. So you don't need to ask them about that. You can deduct it when you listen to them properly, intently, mindfully. And they will just reveal, you know what they say? People will tell you everything you want to know. If you just listen. So developing that skill of being a good listener and putting your expectations aside, because it's super important. Sometimes we look at someone and it can be, can be an interviewee or it can be a potential business partner or a partner, a romantic partner. And we just want to believe. And this is where most bad things happen um, in both personal relationships and in business. Because if you project onto that person your expectations, and then, then they don't fulfill them, obviously, you feel let down. And if they occupy an important position in your company, then it can be even dangerous in many respects. And it can be very costly as well. So, Actually, part of my training is about that. It's about being able to see people for who they really are. And it's not called reading, by the way. It's just based on mindfulness and based on understanding the human patterns. So I would say without any training, just find out what their true values are by asking them questions that would lead them to revealing those uh, values to you and not ask uh, don't ask directly because people you know people can lie and pretend but if you say well okay i would like to find out what would you do in this situation and just make something up or use something from your past experience and just give them a few scenarios like that see how they answer look at their body language look at their uh, tone of voice because Quite often, not always, but one of the giveaways is that when people are not sure when they're pretending something, their uh, pitch of voice is going to go higher, like noticeably higher. So just just watch for little things like that, and you would be way ahead of your competition. So remember when you introduced me, you said, uh, my training helps to increase revenue. It does. Because it allows you to become a more effective and efficient version of you, both in your personal life and in business.
2: Excellent, I love that. Well, great insights, and I I resonate with uh, some of my own former projections on positive things that people actually didn't have. So, I have I know I have personally experienced the great deal of uh, lost money on that particular issue. So, <laughs> I absolutely resonate with that. Um before i run out of time i i wanted to have you talk about lightsaber training just because let's face it we're all a bunch of star wars nerds and that's super fun so yeah
0: all right love to hear that so yes i do a uh, lightsaber choreography i appeared on uh, bbc one and the and many other outlets uh because of my charity work so before the dark times I run a lightsaber and meditation club in London and we have let me show you something.
2: Powering up had, the lightsaber. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we had this kind of things, can't really swing it here, but we had this kind yeah. of things to play with and the force was strong with us at all times. Yeah,
2: excellent, excellent.
0: And uh I think uh I think it's really important for uh, someone to be able to express uh, not just their hobby, but because it's kind of a martial art. You get to express your masculinity in that way. And I, I can't even describe in words how much difference it used to make for the guys. You know, there is a saying, give a man a sword and some something will wake up in his heart, like, There is a beast the fire he didn't even know about will wake up in him. And so uh, being able to meditate and train this way, because it, it does require physical stamina, it does require focus and concentration and balance. But at the same time, it's just so much fun. It's so cool. <laughs> if you look at my social media, you will find lots of pictures of me with a lightsaber. They Actually, because of my training, uh, some people refer to me as a real-life Jedi because of that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And, and actually, funnily enough, it's partially true because uh, the Force is real. The Force is the energy, that quantum energy, quantum soup that we exist in, and it is conscious, and you can direct it. There have been loads and lots of um, scientific proofs that show you that this is the case. And so you as a human being, as a man, as a part of this universe, actually is wired to tap into that power and to use the force and this is why remember i mentioned before uh with ceos and billionaires who felt that something is missing from their lives the reason why people love star wars so much is not because of the amazing script i want to assure you of that is <laughs> because there is that truth behind the idea that they deeply resonate with and the truth being that we As people, as human beings, we need that unity with the source of all things, with the force, with the light. And if we tap into it, we become whole. We become powerful and unstoppable and excited and joyful. And your life just unfolds from there. And because people can sense that subconsciously, they feel really drawn to the idea. But it's like it's a movie. So there is a separation. But luckily, they can take a training like mine and actually go and experience that firsthand. So you don't need to believe you actually start doing those things that you thought were impossible. And this is why my company is called a New Era Superhero, because you actually do become a real life superhero.
2: And everybody is a Padawan now. So, <laughs> <laughs> And for all and the for Star him. Trek fans... I'm sorry, but you know, we, we just, uh, we're not going to cover that today. So, and Jay, uh, I wanted to give you a chance to talk about your, your books. And, and in particular, I know you have sort of two you know, fork in the road there as you've got your, you're actually a, a fantasy sci-fi writer, right. And as well as the books about your, uh, your spiritual practice. So, you know, please, please do that. Cause I, I think that'd be fun.
0: Absolutely. So. Really, I'm not a size 5 writer. I am a factual writer. I write books about how you can train your mind and become an elite version of you, step by step, in bullet points. This is me. But I also have a book that is an epic fantasy space saga. And that book kind of chased me around, saying, you must write me down. And after a year of persuasion, it did persuade me. And this is the book in question, by the way. Uh, Lightwatch
2: Chronicles.
0: Lightwatch. That's right. And it's a very different book. So it's not just a normal fantasy book you would read. It's uh, the kind of book that transforms your consciousness. It allows you to understand yourself on a deeper level, understand the universe better, your place in it, and how to use the power of your mind, again, in real terms. And if you choose so, you can step and kind of live in the reality of the book because what you learn from it will stay with you, will improve your life on many aspects. And so many of my students actually became kind of, they almost feel like characters in that book themselves. It's, it's very tricky to explain. I would say read it for yourself and find out. And uh, there is a wonderful company called Be Here that is making it into a dramatized audio series right now. So it's like watching a movie with your eyes closed. Every character has his or her own voice and they've done such an amazing job. Like I'm not even biased. I'm being honest. It's incredible. I was geeking out so much when they sent me a (laughs) sample. And I would say, go and check it out. Because especially if you haven't done self-development before, or if you've done it, but it didn't really work for you, I would say, go check out this book. We as human beings are wired to learn through stories. And through this story, you can actually understand yourself better and find out how to align with your own purpose.
2: Very cool. Very cool. I I definitely look forward to that. I love consuming audio that way. So super fun. Uh, Jay, you have uh, all kinds of social media, so I couldn't possibly mention one if people are resonating with this and the the audience wants to reach out what's the best way to do that
0: you can choose whichever social media platform you prefer at this time of the day so i am a new era superhero on uh, youtube instagram facebook uh, tiktok and twitter i don't use twitter much but I'm, I'm still there. I would say her face the best just way. dropped
2: when she said Twitter. I don't know. There's a whole story there, but no.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm just, um, so I'm a visual storyteller and yeah. it's just, I prefer, so I prefer Instagram. I prefer YouTube. And if you would like to get in touch with me, there is also a Telegram channel that I have guess what it's called? New Era Superhero. And it's free to join. So I would say the best way to reach out would be through Facebook, Instagram, or Telegram. But feel free to use any social media platform of your choice. And my website, of course, which is newerasuperhero.com.
2: And everybody can become a New Era Superhero. Reach out today. Right.
0: Absolutely. Jay.
2: Jay thank you this was super interesting I I definitely heard a lot of my own journey in the stories and and the the frameworks and my brain is background processing many different little pieces and snippets so I really appreciate your, your time coming
1: out it was a lot of fun
0: oh it was an absolute pleasure talking to you and thank you again for inviting me
1: thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Leaders of B2B podcast if you enjoyed the show please give us a five-star rating. And as always, you can see more information about this episode and all the resources mentioned at leadersofb2b.com.